0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1368. Be consistent. Keep your focus, right? Yeah, go to all these meetups and, you know, things that you want to, but eventually you're going to have to stop doing all of that, yep. right? And just keep your focus. It's all about consistency. Yep. There's no secret sauce. You and I both know that, right? Yep. I mean, it's just like, just pick one thing, Yeah. right? And just go
1: after it.
2: I remember in 2008 when I was descending from a peak and going into a valley and losing everything off of some decisions that I had made early in my career. I felt absolutely terrible. And then I remember there was somebody had had put this quote out or I had read it somewhere and I wrote it down and I want to share it at the beginning of this podcast because I think it's just something to to remind us all when sometimes things are going to be really difficult or when we're starting something new and we're not great at it yet and we're really kind of self-conscious and our self-doubt is creeping in. Just remember that where you are is not who you are, okay? Just remember that. Where you are is not who you are who you are gets to be built every single day. And the beautiful thing is we get to build that and work on that and take action on it and be around people that are going to support us and cheerlead us and love us and want nothing but the best for us. And I just think it's real important to understand that if you're just starting out or if you're going through tough times, and this is, you found real estate, you found wholesaling real estate, as an outlet to really build yourself up financially, but also get rid of your self doubt that you have in yourself. This podcast is for you because I've gotten an incredible wholesaler out of Chicago that has just a wonderful story. It's going to inspire so many people. The perseverance, the confidence, the ability to go out there and know that you can accomplish something great is my pleasure. From Chicago, Illinois, Nita Patel. Nita, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast.
0: Thank you, Brand, for inviting me today. I really appreciate you and love you. Like, I've been following you for the last five years. Being here today, I feel amazing.
2: Well, you're doing amazing things as an entrepreneur. But before we get to that, let's talk about your history for a second here, right? Let's jump right in. You moved here when you were seven. Yes. So talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, so like my aunt sponsored us long time ago. It was like a bunch of us that came. It was 30 to 35 people that came. It was like all my uncles, aunts, their kids, my family, right? We all came together. Yeah, It was in 1989 and we all lived in uh, one house. It was a multi-unit building with uh, three stories, right? But the third level someone was already living in. So it was just the basement and the first level that we all lived in. And we did that for, I think, almost a year. And then um, one by one, it was 30, about 35 people.
2: In two floors?
0: In two floors, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Just all living together?
0: All living together, yeah. And
2: what, just over the year, people found employment, people found new living situations, like it just disperses from there? You guys all kind of went your own ways?
0: Yeah, so no one spoke English when we came, so they obviously worked labor jobs, like factories or restaurants where they didn't require, you know, them to speak English. Sure. So one by one, everyone moved out as they found jobs.
2: Got it. And so it must have been really easy then growing up in Chicago, seven years old, not speaking English, living with thirty people.
0: It was not easy. I was bullied. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't speak English. And when we came, we didn't have that much money. So like I remember when we were going to school, you know, I was I was given my cousins' clothes, which were like boys' clothes, right? Yeah. So like I was bullied and you know, I, somewhere I think I lost some respect for myself because of that.
2: So how do you get that back? How do you get the respect for yourself back as you're going through this process, as you're learning English, you're learning, you're living in a completely different country. You've got family around you. I mean, how do you start building yourself up? How do you build the confidence that you have now? Because guys, right now, Nita's doing incredible things in her market. She's getting deals from calling. She's getting deals from door knocking, which we'll get into because I think you've got a great strategy for door knocking. But how do you build that up to the point where you're confident enough now to be an entrepreneur?
0: Well, it took a long time, you know, like when we came from India, we were all together, right? We would like go on family picnics, do things together, right? Celebrate holidays and festivities. But it wasn't like that after a while, right? Because everyone moved to different cities and states and we kind of like lost connection there. All of us, all the family. Yeah. So somewhere, like, there was a lot of neglect as well. My parents were busy working labor jobs. They were working 12 to 16 hours to make things happen. Because when you're new to the country, you have to start saving money for other things, and it's not that easy. So, like, we felt neglected, myself and, you know, even my siblings, for a long time. And I know, like, I had shut down for a while, and I think that was um, passed on, you know, that went on for a long time, actually.
2: When did it end? How does it end? I mean, a lot of people are listening to this that that have had a similar experience or are going through it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or maybe are still reliving parts of their childhood. How do you you get past all that?
0: I guess until something happens, right? Like I was probably shut down for a long time. And you don't even know, right? When you're depressed and like you feel neglected and you feel you're not worthy. So like when I got married, the last marriage, right? Like um, my husband used to physically abuse me for the longest time, but I didn't have the courage to leave the marriage probably because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't respect myself, nor did I have the self-esteem, right? So I think my personal development journey started after I decided to leave that relationship because I just had enough, you know, I was like... I didn't have a good upbringing. I didn't have a good childhood. And then... Didn't have a good marriage. Didn't have a good marriage. But, you know, I don't blame my parents. They did the best that they could with what they had.
1: Sure.
0: So I have forgiven them. It took me, you know, a long time to forgive them. Yeah. But they did the best that they could. You know, they probably didn't receive the love from their parents. And, of course, they were busy working, right, to provide yeah. for us.
2: Yeah. So Well, that's one of the big things, right? Getting rid of the blame. You know, going through that process of forgiveness and release and not blaming because the blame is like a weight. It's like an anchor that you hold on to. It's like a weighted blanket. It feels pretty good, but it's still heavy on you. You know what I mean? And to shed that off and to get rid of that blame and just look at it and just what do you just knew that you had opportunities here? You knew you had skills. You knew that you could do something special. Did you read something? Did somebody come into your life? That's a total different path that you were on.
0: Yeah, I think so you I just, get a
2: divorce and you just you start personal development.
0: Yeah, I think I just had enough. Like mm-hmm. I was just tired of, you know, feeling that way. There has to be something better for me. Yeah. You know, and I always knew inside of me that I have the courage to do something. Of course, it was not that easy. I had to forgive people. I had to forgive my parents. Right. I had to forgive my ex-husband. It was weighing me down for a long time. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, earlier, you have to forgive people. If you don't forgive people, it's just going to weigh you down.
2: So then what do you do for personal development? Are you reading books? Are you, are you listening to podcasts? Are you watching YouTube? Are you going to groups? Is there counselors? Is there therapy? Is there psychology? Like, how do you make that transition from going down this path of, okay, there was blame for a long time. Now I've released that and that's done. There's a lot of forgiveness over here, but that's one side. The Mm -hmm. whole other side is producing, feeling that you have something of value to provide the marketplace and the community and the world. That's where us entrepreneurs, that's where we thrive. You know what I mean? That's, we're just built differently. We want to go and build something that, that can really help out people. And for that, we get rewarded by income. So you've got all this work here, and okay, we've got the forgiveness. How do you go down the? I can go out there and start taking action and start solving people's problems. What do you start doing? What actions did you start doing that were different than yeah. your previous life?
0: Yeah. So it didn't happen overnight. Sure. Actually, it took me long six years to okay. heal. Okay. Yep. So after I had left the marriage, I started a new job because I left. The job that I had before of a relationship manager with Citibank, right? Because I was in the right state of mind and I just couldn't keep my focus. So I quit cold Turkey, but then my credit cards were shut down after that. And I was left with no money, no place to go. So I had to take on any job, right? So I started a accounting job at that time where I didn't make that much money, sure, but it was giving me some, some money, right? So I worked at that accounting job for a few months and then along the way I met my current husband, which you met a few months ago. Right. And um, he supported me a lot. Right. And he said, I can leave this accounting job if I want and pursue whatever I would like. There was a guy from uh, India that I was working with. Yeah. And um, every day he used to tell me how lucky I am to be in America. You know, and he 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 used to ask me if I know anyone that uh, would marry him so he can come here. Sure. <laughs> and I asked myself, like, you know, like, what have I done? I've been in America for so many years. What have I done? Yeah. Here's this guy who keeps asking me every day, like, about America and how great it is and how he would like to come here, you know. And because of that, I, I left, you yeah. know, I was like, I need to do something with my life. What am I doing here at a desk job? Which I hate, I hated it. I'm not the kind of person that can just sit for eight to 10 hours, that's not me. So because of that guy, I left, right? Yeah. And I also knew I wanted to do something different. So my husband supported me, I, left, I had left that job and then I started just researching online on things that I can do. And that's when I came across real estate. Yeah. I just read, you know, that most of the millionaires are made in real estate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, this is my opportunity to do something. I started going to different seminars and then I started reading books, you know, like a lot of successful people. Right. And then one of the things that like that I read in the books was you have to be grounded. You have to be calm, you know, and you have to keep your focus. And how do you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talked about meditating. So I started looking for like meditation centers um, in the area that we lived in at that time. We were in Arlington Heights, Illinois, and I yeah. came across uh, a center called Body and Brain. I started that about six years ago, right? And ever since then, there's no looking back. Like awesome. it's helped me tremendously, not just in business, but it has helped me heal all the traumas sure. that we were talking about, like from childhood, from the last marriage, right? Like I just can't tell you how much it has helped Body me. and brain body and brain yoga center.
2: Shout out there guys. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And so you said you found real estate. So when I hear that, I usually think one of two things. You go to try to build a a rental portfolio or you do flips. Mm -hmm. Usually somewhere down the line, you find out what wholesaling is. Somewhere down the line, it kind of squeaks through and you either meet a wholesaler or at a property or you find somebody at a meetup group that's giving everybody else their deals and you're like, wait a second, what is this? What is this wacky business? Right. And really that's the three paths. Just remember this as a real estate entrepreneur, you're either buying and holding, you're buying and flipping, or you're finding the opportunity and assigning the opportunity to somebody else that's either going to hold it or flip it. So which path did you go down first?
0: So Like I mentioned, we started going to different seminars and then we came across Andrew Holmes in Chicago. Yeah. And they're great. Andrew and his partner, like most of our private lenders and a lot of resources that we use today are from their group. But somewhere I wanted to learn about wholesaling. Yeah, but I know
2: how you found out about wholesaling.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it just... There was just a lot of interest. Right. right? And I went to go see one house. Uh I think it was like the third or the fourth house when I started. And it was through a wholesaler. I remember like I had called him because there was a lot of stuff in the house. And I just called to ask him like, hey, there's a lot of stuff in the house. How do I get in? There's no way of me to get in. How am I going to look at the house? Right?" And he was just so rude to me. Like he was like, oh, find a way, you know, to get in. Like this is these kind of houses are like this. No customer service. No customer service. Like I left feeling miserable. Right. I told myself I am going to be in his position. I'm going to learn how to find these kind of deals. And I just like dug into it. I was listening to your videos, you know, like at that time I didn't know, you know, Pace Morby, but a lot of your videos and I started reading books on wholesaling Mm -hmm. And that's how I, I learned. Like I told myself, I'm going to learn this. Yeah. I'm going to find these kind of deals, you know? And at that time we didn't have that much money. We started with $5,000. That's sure. all we had. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to do some wholesale deals, put some money aside, and then also use some money for personal development.
2: Yeah. So what did you do first for lead generation? Because three parts of the business, whatever path you want to go down, buy and hold, fix and flip or assign. There's three parts, lead generation. Converting those leads into an approved agreement and then exit strategy. So, what did you do for lead generation when you started?
0: I was going to a lot of meetups. Okay. At one of the meetups, I heard someone talk about upcoming auctions, like properties that are about to go to auction, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a good way of, you know, like getting the deals, you know, when I just started researching online, started watching your videos on pre-foreclosures, you know, and then there's a software in Chicago. It's like a lead source, right? Yeah. It's like PropStream. It's called Chicago DealWalt, okay. right? And I came across that. It has like pre-foreclosures, probates, and upcoming auction leads and all of that. I just like dug into it. I'm like, okay, someone is talking about like how great these upcoming auction leads are, Right. And of course, I I didn't have the courage to go to that person and ask because it seemed like that was their secret. Because when they were talking about it at the meetup, they didn't really go in detail about it. They just mysterious. like kind of mysterious. Yes. There's, you know, there's no secrets. Right. We right. all know that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I just got that software, you know, and I just started calling foreclosure attorneys. I started like just talking to homeowners, you know, like I just went all in, like, let's just start talking to people, even though I don't know everything. Let's just start talking to people. Right. And see like what happens. Right. Like you always say, right. Put yourself yeah. in the situation. Conversations. And yeah. Have, have conversations. You can't wait until you have all the information. You're not going to have all the information. I still don't have all the information. Sure. Right. Still don't have all the knowledge.
2: So do you remember your first deal?
0: So the first deal was a rental which was through the MLS. Okay. But that was like my only deal from the MLS. After that they've all been off-market deals. Okay. So my first off-market deal was in uh, Streamwood, Illinois. Yep. I tried calling the homeowner. Free I couldn't. Pre-foreclosure? Yeah. It was a property that was about to go to auction. It was like a month away from auction yeah. and I could not get hold of the homeowner. I think I just didn't have the right number. A lot of times we don't have accurate sure. numbers. And then I tried looking for their their relatives and I couldn't find any relatives because he had no kids. He was not married. He didn't have a spouse. He didn't have that many relatives. I'm like, why don't I just go door knock? Why don't I just go drive to the house and see what's going on? It was it was a townhouse like in a corner, right? And like I couldn't find it with the GPS. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let me just park somewhere and then just walk to the house. Yeah, it took me like forty-five minutes to find the house, but I'm glad I did not give up because that was a great deal. And no well, one, no imagine one everybody to me. else. Yeah, I know. Nobody
2: else probably talked to him because nobody's no. going to one go through the her. Oh, the phone numbers don't work. I'll just move on to the next. Right, and then if they did want to try to door knock, where is the property? Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do this. So you just stuck to it. Yeah, and you got the deal.
0: I got the deal. Yeah, just
2: door knocking. Just
0: door knocking, oh yeah, and he was so glad that yeah. you know I went to the mm-hmm. house because he didn't know what to do. He didn't even know he can sell the house before it goes to auction. Yeah. and yeah. we bought it for sixty thousand dollars, put in about twenty five thousand, and it was worth like two hundred and ten at that time. Awesome. Now it's worth probably more, like two forty or something like that. You but still it was, own it. We still own it. Awesome. Yeah.
2: How many deals have you done from door knocking? Do you have an idea?
0: From door knocking, a lot. Probably about thirty.
2: Thirty deals. Yeah. From just going to people's doors. Yeah. All
0: pre foreclosures. All pre foreclosures, pre foreclosures and probates where the homeowners have passed away. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: How are you getting your your probates and inherited properties?
0: From the same software that I'm talking about. Yeah, and then like in the middle, I also use PropStream, but this the software it's based in Chicago. Or a lot of times I just get the leads from the county websites. Yeah.
2: So do you have a real estate license?
0: I don't, my husband does. Right. Yeah.
2: Because you have to have one to wholesale in Illinois, right? right? More than you can do one, I think, but you can't do two. Maybe you can't even <laughs> do one. The title companies will probably not allow it unless you have a license. So everything runs through your partner, which is your husband. Yeah. Awesome.
0: He's the primary, he's it the is, president of the company. I'm the secretary. Wild,
2: <laughs> I am telling you, the states that require licenses are wide open in my opinion, compared to the the areas that don't, because everybody goes, oh, there's like so much going on here. I I don't want to get licensed. Find somebody in those markets that you can partner with that has a license and run everything through them and be able to do those deals.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do this. You you can even double close.
2: Transactional funding, double closing, all those things. Awesome. If
0: someone wants to do something, right, they're going to figure it out.
2: So real quick. 30 deals door knocking. How much income do you think that equates to?
0: When I first started doing it, I wasn't my deals were small, sure. like about $5 to $10,000, okay. but now they're like at least $17 to $20,000. Like yes. I don't even go after the ones that are 5 to yeah. 7 unless if like the whole team is involved, right? Yeah. I want everyone to get paid, right? Yep. Even if I'm making less, I'm okay with it as long as everyone gets paid. But I don't like to go after the smaller deals sure. anymore. You, you know, those smaller deals are like a lot of work, like more work than the bigger deals. We do massive sometimes. deals, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Everybody in the Rhino tribe does massive deals. That is the goal, to go out there and find really the best opportunities yeah. and provide the best value to those property owners and to the cash buyers. That's the only way that we can increase our income per deal is by providing more value. I would put it probably half a million dollars in 30 deals just from going out there and door knocking.
0: Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Like last year was our biggest, you know, year.
2: And what was last year?
0: Last year we made about 750, but we also did some flips last year.
2: 750,000. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. How many years have you been doing this?
0: Six years, but the first three years were slow. You're we were incredible. were only doing like three to five deals sure. a year, but it was also the mindset that I had to work on.
2: Is that the change? The was mind- it just the mindset that changed?
0: Mindset and then healing internally. Right. Yeah, that helped.
2: And then boom, your uh, income yeah. exploded. Yeah. What was the most that you made at your relationship manager job?
0: $90,000. Right. Never made more than $90,000 And in last my year life. you did
2: 750000 Yeah. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah. Well, let's break down a deal. Let's put you in the hot seat a little bit. I mean, I I just love the journey we just went on. I really do just, I mean, I know your story and I know you and I love you and we've spent time together, but just going through all of that to see this other side, to be able to, to see how powerful you are as an entrepreneur and building something special and you're still in it and you're still excited about doing these deals and you're still, you're not overcomplicating everything. We have Mm -hmm. these things if you're just listening to this, make sure that you watch this interview, this podcast, a uh, conversation on the Brent Daniels YouTube channel, because this is my CRM. What's yours? This. Right.
0: I have gone through like 10 of these.
2: It's a notebook.
0: Yeah. Like I said, the first few years I struggled with my mindset, right? Sure. But after that, this is all I've been using. We just started setting up systems after we attended your roundtable, right? Yeah. A few months ago, but... Yeah. Still using this? Incredible. It works. This is how I made all the money. Yeah. You don't have to complicate. But you can't say
2: organized. Just writing notes, guys. She's doing seven hundred fifty thousand a year. Okay. Nina's doing seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year using notebooks. Don't overcomplicate this. Don't be distracted by what you think is productive when you're just being busy. There's a big difference between being productive and being busy. And busy work is just creative avoidance that we use to not go out there and have conversations and make offers.
0: Yeah. Like I started setting up the systems. I think it was about like beginning of last year. Yeah. But it was just taking away my time, you know, and my focus. I'm so passionate about it. And it's just like. I need to be getting deals all the time, you know, and it, it was like four months. And then by the time you know it, like you've already spent like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 on VAs, yeah. like on all the software, all the softwares add up. I mean, of course, if I had probably done it for six months, it would have worked. But then I'm like, I need to go back to what's working, right? Until I have made the first million, like what you That's talk it. about, right? That's it. On YouTube, like I was like, let me just go back and then I'll worry about the systems later. Yeah. And now we're starting to set up all the systems.
2: Love it. Let's break down a deal. Let's break it down from start to finish. You have a deal you want to break
0: down? Yeah. We can talk about the wholesale, my biggest wholesale deal where I made $80,000. Let's go. Okay. Well, you
2: just gave up the goose already. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> well, still ring the bell, but okay. where? How did you find the deal?
0: It was uh, about to go to auction. Okay. Pre-foreclosure. It was a pre-foreclosure Got it. and it was um, a probate.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Both of them. Okay. Yeah.
0: So mo- most of my deals are like that. There's multiple pain points. Sure. So this one, it was in a city called Elgin, Illinois, right? Yeah. And I knew the homeowner passed away because I had found their obituary online, but I could not find any of the heirs because the lady did not get married. She had a boyfriend, but the boyfriend cannot sell the house to me legally. Sure. And then yeah. she had no kids. So I had to hire someone to find an heir. So I hired a genealogist. Okay. And the genealogist found a nephew. Wow. I tried finding, you know, someone myself. Like I have a soft, I use People Looker. I, you know, it gives you like the, all the heirs information. PeopleLooker.com? PeopleLooker.com, yeah.
2: And what do you do? You just put in somebody's name and address?
0: Yeah, you can search by address, you can search by the name. You know, I had found the boyfriend. I called the boyfriend, but the boyfriend didn't want to help me out. Sure. The boyfriend said, hey, look, we were not legally married. There's nothing that I can do. I can't sell the house to you. So, like, I had asked, like, well, can you tell me if she had any relatives, yeah. you know, that would be able to help me? But he d- he didn't want to be involved at right. all. Right. So this genealogist found a nephew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was the only heir. Wow. Yeah, and this he was awesome. able to sell I've never the house. even thought
2: about getting a genealogist. I've always used uh, like private detectives, yeah. and so genealogists. This is great. What did it cost?
0: Not much. Like I think I paid him hundred and fifty dollars. It's amazing. Um, a genealogist in uh, How'd you Florida. Find him? Just. From one of the videos that I watched on YouTube, yeah, they were talking about how like you can hire genealogists who can help you find the heirs. And I just, so like, what, you
2: just Google genealogists?
0: Yeah, I just. Well, there's two that I work with in um, Illinois, and then there's one in Florida that I work with, who's amazing, and he has helped me with find heirs for a lot of my yeah. deals.
2: How can we use them?
0: I can give you guys his number. It's in my phone. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's an older man. He loves like all of this. Yeah. Awesome. He'll like work on it for hours for you. Good He'll,
2: guys. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put his information in okay. the show notes because it won't make you get up and grab your phone right now, but we'll put it in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Awesome. And yeah. so you found the nephew.
0: I found the nephew. I contacted the nephew and the nephew, of course, you know, like they didn't have a good relationship. The homeowner that passed away and him, they didn't have a good relationship, but they talked. He knew she passed away about two years ago. And, you know, like I said, you as the heir can sell the house to us. You're the only heir, right? And we don't even have to go through a full probate. We can just do what's called the affidavit of heirship. Sure. He didn't believe it, just like a lot of people. Of course, it sounds crazy. It sounds like a
1: movie,
2: you know, (laughs) all all of a sudden you're your rich aunt or uncle or you know this distant relative yeah. you know you inherit this pile of money type of thing i mean it's a, it sounds like
0: a scam uh, yeah, yeah yeah a
2: scam or or just too good to be true for sure
0: too good to be true yeah. yeah and he he was just like no this is a scam this can't be true i'm like look i can um introduce you to my attorney yep. i can um have Someone call you from the title company and all that. You can go on my website. You know, everyone likes money, right? He, he got on board. Sure. I think I had like my title company reach out to him and just explain to him what the process would be and all that. And we got awesome. it done in like two weeks. No. Yeah. The genealogist got all the birth certificates, whatever birth certificate. Sure. I mean, the death certificates yeah. that we needed.
2: And done. And done. Yeah. And what was the what was the document? Affidavit of what?
0: Affidavit of airship. I know you guys in Arizona, I have to go through the entire sure. probate, right? But in Illinois, you know, yeah. and not that many people know that. That's great. Yeah.
2: So then, what was the condition of this property?
0: The condition was decent. She passed away two years ago. It was yeah. it was not that bad.
2: Nobody was living in it.
0: No one was living in it.
2: She didn't have a mortgage. Like it was a, obviously property taxes aren't getting paid. There's yeah. no utilities on. So it was just a vacant house just sitting there.
0: It was just a vacant house just sitting there. The boyfriend was living in it maybe for like a few months after she passed away. But he thought that it already went to auction two years before. But because of COVID, so many things have been backed up. The counties are backed up. So these are the kind of deals that people don't go after. So, yeah, it was vacant for two years. Decent condition. Not that bad in a good area. Yeah. Wow.
2: And so what did you lock it up for?
0: Locked it up for about ninety thousand dollars. Ninety
2: thousand. How much work did it need? Make it, needed, it beautiful.
0: To make it beautiful, about forty five thousand dollars. It was. It was like a townhouse.
2: And what does it sell for, fixed up?
0: Fixed up. I think about two seventy.
2: Okay. And you sold it for how much? One hundred and eighty. One hundred and eighty. Yeah. Minus the costs. Yeah. And you netted about eighty. Eighty thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> Ring that victory bell. Yes. Yes. I love it. Solving problems. I mean, listen, if you look at the 2020 U.S. Census, 11 million single family properties have been vacant for over a year. Yeah. 11 million. That's crazy. That is such a huge amount. And everybody's talking about a shortage of housing. I mean, we're the ones that are going out there doing this investigative work to find these opportunities and put these properties back into the market, get people living in these things. It's it's wildly yeah. rewarding. I love it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, there's so much opportunity out there, yeah. right? Like I was talking to Caroline yesterday and she was asking me about probates. Yeah. You know, and I said, go after the ones... That are older probates because no one goes after those. People go after probates from the last six months, right? Who goes after the ones that are like a year, two years, three years right. old? Right. Not that many people. Nope. Right? So you want to go after the ones that a lot of people don't go after. I love it. Yeah.
2: I love it. So give some advice for people starting out. Give some advice for people that are growing. What would you say to somebody that was like, hey, I need to get a deal in my next 30 days. And then I'll give you a follow-up question after that.
0: Yeah. You know what? Look, when I started, I only had $5,000, not that much money. And I didn't have system set up. I've been using this notebook. I listened to your free videos. I didn't even sign up for your mentorship until, what, a few months ago. I mean, that's it. Honestly, I did not sign up for like other things, maybe like few trainings that I did in Chicago, you know, like here and there. But other than that, it's really just from watching videos, right? And cold calling, like it doesn't cost money to cold call, to text, right? And this people looker software that I use, it's like $20 or $30 a month. It's not that much, right? So if someone wants to make it happen, if someone wants to get a deal in the first 30 days, it's so possible. Like find good leads that have uh, multiple pain points, right? That are like pre-foreclosures and the probate or pre-foreclosure and vacant. You want to go after the deal's that a lot of people don't go after yep. and just be consistent, keep your focus, go to all these meetups and, you know, things that you want to, but eventually you're going to have to stop doing all of that. Yep. Right. And just keep your focus. It's all about consistency. Yep. There's no secret sauce. You and I both know that. I mean, it's just just pick one thing Yeah. and just go after it. Don't try to do too many things, because if you try to do too many things, you're not going to be able to keep your focus, which I, I tried doing in the beginning, you know, yeah. and I had to tell myself, no, I need to do what's working for me. Yeah. These kind of deals are working for me. So this is what I'm going to do. And I've been doing the same kind of deals for the last three years.
2: Yeah. And when you're going out and you're door knocking, are you going by yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm going by myself. Sometimes I scared? take my kids. No, no.
2: You're just out there solving problems. Yeah. To what, talk I mean, to the property what, there's
0: nothing to be scared about. Like a lot of these homeowners actually, they're grateful that someone has showed up. Yeah. Because they have buried their heads in the sand, right? A lot of them, they don't even pick up their calls. They don't open their mail. They don't even want to look at their phone because yeah. they have other creditors calling them. But here you are, you know, going in front of them. Some may not like it, but most of them are truly grateful that you showed up to help them, Sure, right? And we're in the problem-solving business. You have to show empathy. I've been through a lot, so like it's easy for me to do that, right? But any of us can be in this situation. My husband had lost his job three years ago. We almost ran out of money. We could have been in the same situation, right? We could have lost our house. So just know that, hey, any minute... Any day we can be in a similar situation. So do the best that you can. There's so many resources out there. If you don't know, ask people. Yep. Go to your meetups, which are free, right? And ask people. Listen to your videos. I've learned so much just from watching your videos. Whenever I was stuck, like how to overcome an objection, what to say when you go door knock, right? I found a video of you and Pace on pre-foreclosures where you talk about how to approach them. That video has helped me tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what did I pay?
2: Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Well, it's time and, and, and then it's implementation. That's what you pay. Yeah. That's the cost. The right. cost is going out there and having the courage to implement. Yeah. But
0: yeah, going back to what you were asking, no, door knocking is not scary. I don't know why um, a lot of people don't feel comfortable. I think it's just like how people don't feel comfortable talking on the phone or talking to strangers, you know. Yep. But if you don't do it, how are you going to know? I challenge some of you, just go to a few houses. After knocking on 20 doors, you're going to get comfortable. Yeah. There's nothing to be scared about.
2: Love it. How can yeah. people get a hold of you? How can people reach out to you? How can people say, thank you for your story or say, hey, let's do some business together?
0: Yeah, they can um, reach me on my website, which is uh, nidabuyshouses.com. Awesome. Or they can um, call me at 630-489-8779. Say it again. 630 630- Four eight nine eight seven seven
2: nine. Incredible, guys. Reach out, especially if you are in Illinois in the Chicago area. Meet Nita; she's absolutely incredible. Her husband's incredible. The, the kids are incredible. So definitely get in with this family and connect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for uh, for sharing your story. What an inspiration. You know what I mean. You know, there's the old trope that if this person can do it, so can I. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not to say that you fit that mold perfectly, because I think that there's always been that big time winning entrepreneur inside you. You just needed the right path to go down and, and you found it. You did absolutely incredible, but you've inspired a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and I hope my story inspires other, other people. You know, yeah. like whenever I was stuck or needed some motivation or inspiration, I would listen to your videos and awesome. I would be like, I got to get it. And if that person can do it, I can do it. Good. So I hope my story inspires you
2: other did. people. You did, 100%. Thank you for being on here.
0: Thank you so much, Fran.
2: And that is it, guys. If you are interested in joining the Rhino Tribe with Nita as part of it and then joining all of us proactive go-giving, optimistic, powerful real estate wholesalers and entrepreneurs. Go to wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Check out the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call, and we look forward to embracing you with open arms into the Rhino tribe. And that's it. My name is Brent Daniels. I didn't introduce myself until now, Mr. TTP. (laughs) And I will close this out, as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people.